It is uh, 10.07. It's Think Tank Thursday. At the risk of uh, sounding like a program that ought to air in the overnight, uh, comments from uh, uh, about uh, Jim Babka's commentary uh, about UFOs and perhaps being for another planet. And I, and I got uh, a couple of uh, comments that I can't really read on the air. Uh, and then I got one just now that, you know, maybe he's being facetious, but I think there's something to it. And uh, this is what I was thinking while Jim was saying this. If there were really aliens from another planet and they had the technology to bring something all the way here, uh, they probably uh, are, you know, more advanced than us and uh, probably have the weapons to wipe us out if that were the case. If they were here, why haven't they done it already? Uh, and that, that does make sense to me as well. Uh, but uh, let's change direction. Let's talk a little closer to home instead of outer space and chat a little bit about what's going on in our schools because Patrick Ishmael is with us, Director of Government Accountability at the Show Me Institute, and there are some bills, education, accountability, and transparency bills um, moving through uh, the Capitol, and let's see where they're at and what they mean and what they'll do. Patrick, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'd love to talk about UFOs myself, but education is <laughs> super important as well. Well, we saw somebody with intelligence in Washington, D.C. Uh, last week, uh, and I, th I thought that was from another planet, too. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Uh, what's going on? What, kind of, what are the bills, and, and how do they look to you? Well, so the primary bill is one that you and I have talked about before, and it's a Parents' Bill of Rights. And what a Parents' Bill of Rights would do is it would ensure the parents had access to curricula to find out how schools and districts are spending money. You know, we've talked about these kinds of things before where uh, cities should be reporting how they're spending money. And the same applies to our educational institutions. You know, taxes are uh, money that are taken ultimately through force. People don't really opt into taxation. Uh, and if you kind of opt out of taxation, you know, you can lose your property, you can lose more money, you can possibly lose your freedom as well. So this is serious stuff. And so uh, what, what's surprising is that, uh, you know, over the last two years, we've been asking for curricula from schools and districts because there has been a lot of concern about critical race theory and a few other items. And it has been super difficult to get that data. So what the state is doing now is they're creating their own portal so that every school and every district in the state is required to report it. Now, the, there's legislation, both the House and the Senate, that would do this, different pieces of legislation. The one that's moving fastest right now is in the Senate, and it's actually been voted out. It got voted out, uh, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, and so it was approved. Uh, it includes some prohibitions against uh, teaching that, uh, like, some kids are uh, – inherent oppressors of others, other items in the legislation, certainly, that I think will be debated quite a bit. But in it, of course, is this transparency measure. And so it's going to go to the House. It'll probably get uh, changed a little bit in the House, which means it'll then get sent back to the Senate. But I'm hopeful. This is a piece of legislation that's moving very quickly, early in the legislative session. You and I both know that uh, the legislature oftentimes moves very slow. Uh, and so it's it's, uh, it's good to see that, that they've made this particular item a priority. And I think parents you know, they have a right to see what's being taught to their kids, and it's amazing that it's taken this long for the state to step in. You know, I don't disagree, and I suppose it's a good thing that uh, that they're doing this. But the problem with government schools is you got teachers who are not accountable. Teachers who will do what they want to do, knowing that there's nobody there to watch them and catch them. 
I, yeah, I, well, I, I think that's always going to be a concern. I think, but the, one of the ways that you combat that is that you don't just establish government monopolies for schools or effective government monopolies for schools like with a school district. You enable the creation of things like even a, 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 a public charter school is an option. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've talked quite a bit uh, in the last couple of years about the Mo Scholars Program, which would allow for parents to more or less take money that would otherwise have been spent through the government uh, school system uh, and be able to take that to private schools or to home schools or to, to a particular learning option that better suits their needs. Uh, and I think that that really is kind of, you know, when we talk about school choice, that's enormously important. But what we're really talking about when we're talking about transparency and, and accountability is we're talking about informed school choice. So you can actually see uh, whether school is doing well or not. Part, part of legislation requires uh, the reporting of performance of schools. And if, if uh, your audience is familiar, they, they already know that schools and districts in the state have been doing very poorly over the course of the last 30 years. Back in, I believe, 1992, Missouri was in the top third for math proficiency in fourth grade. Today, it's in the bottom third. Uh, only about one in three kids is proficient in math at, at the fourth grade level in the state. That's 33%, and I don't, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, 33% was an F. And yet we have over 500 school districts in the state, and precisely zero of them are unaccredited. That's nonsense. I mean, we can talk about reforms that need to happen to DESE, because DESE is not doing its job for parents and for kids. It's mostly there to protect schools and districts. But when we start talking about, you know, how do you how do you make sure that schools and you know, the folks who are, are working with our kids are, are you know, uh, playing, playing straight, uh, I think that you have to have choice. And a, a great way to do that is uh, through uh, the Mo Scholars Tax Credit Program, which right now is pretty small. It's pretty limited in size, but, I, you know, I, there's been a lot of talk about expanding it. And I think that informed school choice with a program like that uh, would be just monumental for, for the state and for its kids. I don't disagree. Uh, freedom uh, sure sure does beat uh, government uh, all uh, in any in any respect. Uh, you have freedom of choice. The marketplace decides what works best, uh, and then uh, the competition makes everybody achieve or shoot for that same goal. Uh, anything else that's going through uh, in Jeff City that uh, deals with education? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of debate about at least one bill that uh, would allow for kids in one district. Uh, to go to a school that might be closer to them in another district. It's uh, called inter-district choice. It's a kind of school choice option, but it's within the government district kind of uh, educational system. So that's moving along a pace. Um, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk, of course, about transgender sports, uh, boys and girls sports. Uh, that's been a very hot topic. Uh, that legislation appears to be moving in the House. Both, both chambers have all this legislation, but uh, in the Senate, it's They've been focusing on transparency and accountability in the House. They've been uh, focusing on the more transgender sports issue. They're basically going to swap this legislation, and it'll probably end up in, in the one that's starting in the House is probably going to end up back in the House after it's been edited by the Senate. But um, both chambers are pretty engaged in these educational issues right now, and that's that's encouraging. I mean, it's, it's no guarantee that everything is going to get done that I think folks would want to get done. But, uh, you know, after last year, when there were a lot of promises made about what laws would be passed, including educational curricular transparency that didn't get done, uh, I think that this is 
this is a much better direction. And I know the, the governor, too, last year said specifically that his, one of his greatest disappointments was that a lot of these educational reforms did not get done. Uh, I hope that he, he's willing to weigh in on these issues and push them ahead and make them a priority. I don't know that we've really heard from him on that. I, you know, with the state of the state address, mostly what he talked about was just new spending. And I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. But if, <laughs> if, uh, if, if, if folks can, can uh, you know, uh, Focus on these educational issues. I think a lot can get done in a very short period of time. My, my fingers are crossed. Mine, too. Keep us surprised, if you will. Patrick, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right. Patrick Ishmael, the Show Me Institute, education, uh, accountability, and transparency bills uh, that we can only hope not only go through, but are successful. All right. Uh, there are a couple of things, uh, and I've been harping on this for decades about the national debt because it is it is just getting exponentially worse. It's not getting worse a little bit at a time. It's getting worse in it, it, it's it's huge how much they're spending. The US national debt will hit 50 trillion dollars in 10 years. And I'll tell you what, it's going to happen before that. This is what they're predicting, but they're wrong. It's going to happen. We're going to get that $10 trillion long before that. You mark my words for it. It will happen. Um, and and it's, it's almost painful to watch what they're, what they're doing with our money. The United States is on track to add nearly $19 trillion to its national debt over the next decade. $3 trillion more than previously forecast as the result of rising costs and fighting inflation. I'll give you some details on that next on The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, Think Tank Thursday. It's 20 minutes after 10 o'clock. Dave Rowland is going to be with us. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about Josh Hawley and some legislation he's proposing and some other Missouri cases. In the meantime, there has been a, a projection made, CBO, uh, suggesting that uh, we are going to literally add $19 trillion to the national debt over the next decade. $3, tr $3 trillion more than previously forecast. And part of the reason for that is, in fact, Biden's fault. It's, all, it's also the Republicans' fault, but Biden really... Uh, he and Trump in the last, uh, you know, over the, uh, uh, the China flu thing really put the steam on. They both spent a ton of money we don't have. And the more money they spend, the greater the debt. Now, you have interest on debts. And in order to fight the inflationary response to COVID that Trump and especially Biden engaged in, you have to raise interest. The government pays interest, too. So that's part of what's driving up the debt. Got to fight the you got to fight the inflation. You raise the interest, and the government has to pay more of its revenue in interest and less on principle and whatever else it's supposed to do. So that's part of the problem. The new forecast was released yesterday afternoon, uh, projecting 1.4 trillion dollar gap this year between what the government spends and what they take in from tax revenues. And over the next decade, the deficits are going to average $2 trillion annually, uh, 
as tax receipts fail to keep up uh, with the rising cost of Social Security, Medicare, benefits uh, for retiring baby boomers, as well as the U.S. military. To put those numbers in context, the total amount of debt held by the public will equal the total annual output of the United States economy in 2024. 118% of the economy by 2033. So, something has to be done. And I keep hearing the Democrats and the Republicans fighting. Say, we're not going to cut Social Security. We're not going to touch Medicare. We're not going to, you know, we've got to fund the, the Pentagon. They're it. They are the problem. They are the problem. So, imagine adding $19 trillion dollars. To our already, uh, where are we at now, Brian? We thirty-two trillion, thirty-one and, and a half. I just right? closed it. Yeah, I think it's uh, thirty-one. So that would be fifty trillion dollars in debt, and I promise you, it'll be higher than that because they do that baseline budget thing. It's not even going to be close. It's going to be much worse than that. But let's let's just say that their numbers are accurate. And in a decade, we're $50 trillion in the hole. Get out your calculators, because this is what we ask every, uh, every time we raise a trillion dollars. But this time, we're going for broke. We're going for the 10-year projection. Here's the question. You manage to control spending. You tie it down so much that you've got a million dollars a day to pay off the debt. How many years does it take to pay off $50 trillion in debt? How many years? Uh, this is uh, Roy almost always calls. He's a regular listener, and he, he, he generally does the math. I think he does it in his head, Brian. I'm not sure. I he think does he does. Yeah. Fast, yeah. But at a million dollars a day, $50 trillion. How long? How many years? I'm going to guess 120,000 years. I wouldn't be surprised if you're in the neighborhood of right. I actually think it might be a little higher than that. Could be. Because um, last time we calculated it was 80,000 years. Right. I thought that was ridiculous. And then I actually did the math, and it's like, that's right. <laughs> Isn't that scary? And that be? 80,000 years for today's debt. Add another twenty trillion to that, and see what you come up with. You're, 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 literally, and and it, it, it. Trust me when I tell you this. Getting it to the point where we're literally just breaking even would require huge cuts in everything across the board. Just that's why there's nobody doing anything. Because the cuts would have to be so huge to save these programs that they just, I think they've just made up their mind they're going to let it collapse. They're going to leave your children and your grandchildren broke. Uh, Reason Magazine has uh, some great insight into Social Security. 
Older Americans are relatively flush because Social Security and Medicare, but it's mostly because people are living and working longer and accruing more wealth so that old age programs are less and less important to financial stability and, and well-being. There's simply no good reason to pay out universal benefits to millionaires like Biden and billionaires like Trump. Rather than scheming about ways to save Social Security politicians, they write, and voters should be talking about ways to wind it down as quickly as possible. The, the federal government can and should continue to cut, or I'm sorry, to help older Americans, uh, Americans of any age who need assistance with food, housing, and health care. But that doesn't require forcing all of us to pay into a system that is increasingly unsustainable, unfair, and unnecessary. And I disagree with that. I don't think it is the government's job to help Americans who are in need. I think it's my job, your job. I think it's our, our obligation. When it was passed, Social Security, during the Great Depression, old age and poverty went hand in hand. But now, like I said, wealthy people, are, or senior citizens, have a great deal of wealth. Think how much more they could have had if it weren't for Social Security. So, at $50 trillion, a million dollars a day, how many years does it take to pay off the national debt? How many years does it take? I'm, I'm, it's, it's 80, 70. I'm guessing more like 150 thousand years 140 100. we had a uh, facebook post i haven't done the math but uh, jeremy says it's 137,000 years 130 just think 137,000 years from now we'll be able to pay off all these all these debts the democrats have uh, given Whew, i feel so much better now yeah it's nice to know there's light at the end of the tunnel you know <laughs> maybe we should up that figure to a billion dollars a day and see what the outcome would be billion dollars do you realize how deep the cuts would have to be yes i do but i mean that, that that's a little a bit more realistic as far as if we really want to tackle this problem i mean you're gonna have to take some pretty uh hefty measures to to cut all right somebody out there wants to try it at a billion dollars a day it's still in the thousands of years i guarantee you <laughs> it has to be it is and and nobody wants to do anything. They just act. They literally they they were challenged. Biden said oh, they want to cut Social Security, and the Republicans cowered. They no no no. We don't want to get rid of Social Security. We're going to fund Social Security. We're going to fund Medicare. We got to fund the the Pentagon. Well, if that's what it takes to get elected, good for today. Not so hot for tomorrow. A little problematic for tomorrow. Stuart, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Gary. I'm doing well. Uh, what interest rate did you figure in on your calculation there? Six uh, percent? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't we complicate start, things, Stuart. We start putting in interest. We're never getting out of this hole. Uh, we're not. We've, we've got to start cutting and cutting now and cutting hard. Yeah. Did you do the, uh, do the calculation? No, I did not. I, no. uh, it's, it's a moot point. No one, no one has the intestinal fortitude to do what needs to be done. 
we just we're going to have to blow up. We're going to have to crash and start over again. Isn't it frustrating? I mean, you clearly can see it. You see what I see. And nobody's doing anything about it. It makes me absolutely insane. Stuart, i got to run. Thank you for the call. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Clear? It is 1035. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. See, I'm multitasking now, Brian. I, 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 pay no attention to the guy that's uh, uh, playing with his iPhone. Uh, because uh, there is apparently uh, some kind of uh, glitch in the iPhone. And everybody is saying, "You got to fix this uh, because you're going to get you're going to get hacked." Uh, and I'm checking to see. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've got to I've got to do this. Otherwise, I could have my phone hacked. Uh, for those of you who have iPhones, iPads, Apple computers, federal agency, and somebody sent me a link to the story. I was I I had planned on talking about it, uh, but. Long as I've got it, uh, here we go. The federal agency is warning millions of iPhone users to change settings now. U.S. Department of Homeland Security issued an alert to Apple product users this week due to a security vulnerability for iPhones, iPads, and the Mac operating system devices as Apple announced it was releasing security updates for those flaws. The threat was substantial enough to draw an alert from Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, which uh, issued the statement on February 14th. Apple's updates include iOS 16 3.1, uh, the Pad, iPad uh, 16 3.1, and uh, Mac Operating System Ventura 13.2.1. So, if you've got an Apple product, look for the update and try and secure your phone. Do you trust that update? If you get a little icon that comes up, says update now. I uh, no, on, on the iPhone, um, you can go looking to see if there are updates, and it will tell you if there okay. are. Because, uh, you know, on the Microsoft platform, oftentimes you'll get a warning that, hey, your computer's infected, click here to fix, and <laughs> you're just inviting people into your computer. Yeah, so be never, very careful. I never do that. What I do have is uh, software from uh, Norton. Yep. I've got them on my uh, home computers. I've got them on my iPad, my iPhone. And hopefully that uh, that does the trick. The bad guys are relentless. You know, there was a time when the iPhone was like the more secure uh, platform. Uh, you never had to worry about your iPhone uh, getting hacked. But it's it's grown so in popularity, I think, that the hackers just tenaciously uh, keep going after it uh, until they've found a loophole or a weak spot. By the way, Brian, you made a mistake. You sent me a picture of an Arkansas... You said... Uh, the headline that you sent me was, uh-huh. Arkansas woman arrested, accused of making bomb threats in Oxford. Is there a problem with that, or...? Well, yeah, it's not a woman. It's a it's a guy in an orange jersey with a beard. No, it's a woman. Um, he says he is. So, who are you to question him? Oh, I was thinking it was just the wrong picture. No, no, it's the right picture. I see. So, this clown wants people to call him a her. Uh-huh. Uh, even though he's got a, a, a severe beard. I mean, it's not His like... His name is Lily. <laughs> Lily. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord, you can't make this stuff up. Lily is lovely, isn't she? Uh, if he? you're into homely, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lily, uh, you need to shave. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not going to actually uh, convince anybody. But speaking of that, there is a state senator that asked a, a pharmacist who is trans some very interesting questions. Um, this is in Arkansas. And, well, I'll let you hear it. You tell me if it's an inappropriate question. Here with a large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon people that have gone through these processes. I'm familiar with a large body of evidence that shows that providing good affirming care saves lives. Are you saying that you're unaware of the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon these people in these processes that have been gone through? I will, Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, sir. Do you have a penis? So, <laughs> what was the groans? Everybody got upset. Uh, and and his question, I think, was legitimate. You know, you're, this is a uh, trans doctor, uh, and he wants people, he wants, you know, kids to be able to go out and take these hormones and all that stuff and get the surgery. And he's saying, well, did you do it? And everybody was, oh, oh, they were just... You can't say such oh, a thing. Oh, were they aghast. Let, 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 let's listen into the, uh, the, the um, outrage. That's horrible. Yeah. You're, the one, you're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one that I never said anything about genitalia. Oh, it yeah, everything okay. to tell you. I don't know audience, what my rights are audience, right now. Oh audience, if you want to stay in here. <laughs> I don't know what my rights but, are, but that question was highly inappropriate. To. So are you. Um, I, I thought it was appropriate. I'd want to know. You're, you're suggesting that uh, girls get their breasts operated on and removed and that boys uh, lose their genitalia, their penis. Did you do it? You're 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 pushing this. Did you do it? And how about the refusal to acknowledge that the only studies that have been done on this transgender thing are f so so flawed. Have all had positive outcomes. Yeah, they they're so flawed that they can't that they're not even close to reliable. Have you heard about that? I'm not. I've. I only know about the studies that I like. Essentially, <laughs> is it. You remember what I always say about the Democrats? A finger in each ear going, na 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 Don't want to hear it. These people are destroying lives. They're ruining young kids. And they have no conscience. They're inhuman, what they're doing to these kids. I, I, you know, I'm pretty open-minded. Whatever you want to do as an adult, you do. You want to, you want to have that surgery, you go ahead and have it. You want to take hormones, you do it. You want to walk around with falsies in a dress or a pair of jeans and act like you're a guy with a beard, do it. I don't care. But don't do it to kids. And stop preaching it in the schools. Jesus is frustrating to me. Dave uh, Dave Roland is uh, coming up. He'll be with us.
about a half an hour from now at about uh, quarter after 11, Missouri Court of Appeals revises gender discrimination lawsuit against Jefferson City School that forcibly cut male wrestlers' hair even though female wrestlers weren't required to have their hair cut. Well, but that's a rule that goes back a long way. Uh, new law in Los Angeles, landlords must pay relocation costs if they raise their rents too high. Just don't, I mean, don't you think these progressives are absolutely out of their minds? Listen to that. Uh, government agencies are buying their way around the Fourth Amendment. Uh, and Josh Hawley is proposing a ban on social media for kids under the age of 16. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and we'll be covering all that and more with Dave Rowland because he's got more. Oh, yeah. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 49 minutes after 10. I should have brought the phone into the outer studio so you could feel this. It just updated. And the phone is actually hot from the update. I don't know how severe that rewrite was, but man, I mean, it's actually hot. Wow. Uh, all right, so if it, it bursts into flames uh, and the <laughs> studio goes up, uh, everybody will know why. It's because I updated my phone. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Every once in a while, you see a story and you think to yourself, eh, you can't stop them from trying, but that'd damn sure break them of the habit. And we got one of those stories now. Apparently, there was a guy trying to steal a catalytic converter. Catalytic converters have some very rare metals in them, and they're very valuable. In fact, the Oscar Mayer Wiener, um, they stole the catalytic converter off the Oscar Mayer Wiener. How desperate are they? But apparently, this woman was in her car uh, in, in uh, Palmdale, California, uh, not too far outside of L.A. In fact, I think John Wayne was raised there in Palmdale. Um, anyway, she woke up, heard something, and started her car and started to drive away. But the car went thump, thump. She drove over something like a parking abutment. But no, she didn't uh, drive over a parking abutment. She drove over a guy trying to steal her catalytic converter. <laughs> Investigators say they believe another car pulled up alongside her Ford Excursion, and one man got out, crawled under the SUV, and started sawing off the catalytic converter. The noise woke up the woman who started the engine and put the vehicle in reverse. When she started backing up, she felt a bump like she ran over something. As she did. The thief. Uh... You can stop him from trying. He's dead. He died for the sake of a catalytic converter. And, you know, there's a part of me that goes, yeah, that's good. And another part of me that thinks, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a tragedy. Nobody should die over a catalytic converter. But, I don't know, I, it's like, People, think about what you're doing for... Make better choices in life. Come on. Why would they be so desperate for money that they would start sawing... And, and apparently California is like the place to do it. I don't know if their catalytic converters are different. If they have um, 
a, a different in, in order to be sold in the state of California uh, if they have to have a different makeup but uh, they are the the place for stealing catalytic converters it is rampant in California they've got these strict vehicle emissions laws with California's higher emission standards our community has become a hotbed for catalytic converter theft so I don't know if that means they've got a different converter than you get here in Missouri or what but um, in a statement regarding arrests and what they call the uh, takedown of leaders uh, uh, and association, uh, associates of a national network of thieves dealers and processors 21 people in 5 states were arrested in one investigation and California accounts for 37% of all catalytic converter theft claims. In 2021, 1,600 converters a month were reportedly stolen. $1,600 a month, or 1,600 a month uh, converters stolen. Some of these uh, uh, converters' precious metals are more valuable per pound than gold. And their value has been increasing. The black market price for a catalytic converter can be above $1,000 each, depending on the type of vehicle and what state it's from. So that, that leads me to believe that California is getting different, a different type of converter. And I think the state of Missouri has done something. I don't know where uh, they are legislatively. But uh, something that prevents people from cutting off and then going to a junkyard to to sell that. I think, you know, I, I'm not sure where that is, but I, I remember hearing something about the state of Missouri, you know, attacking this uh, catalytic converter theft ring that is uh, taken off. Frankly, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. So now I'm curious... Uh, to see how much it costs to replace. I decided to go with a Ford F-150 to see how much the catalytic converter would cost. And uh, what? You can buy a catalytic converter for your Ford F-150 for $270 at Parts Geek. And they're getting $1,000 for them in California? Let's go buy out as many of these catalytic converters from parts stores as we can and ship them to California at a profit. We can make a killing, Brian. We'll sell internal combustion engines on the on the border with, with Nevada. We'll sell gas stoves and major appliances. And we'll sell catalytic converters. We'll buy but, them for 300 bucks here. We'll sell them for... A thousand uh, in California and make seven hundred bucks profit. What kind of car did you just do a uh, check for? I just did a Ford F one fifty. Okay, you know the the newer cars I think are much more expensive. Could be wrong, but I don't know. Well, let's see. I can look at uh, let me look at Dodge and see what they've got. Two twenty eight. Apparently, the Dodges even cheaper. It's new, made out of stainless steel. Uh, oh, it does not pass the California Air Resources Board certified. So they do have a different converter in California. Oh my. 
Uh, let me go get a, a phone call or two here. Chris, welcome. How are you? Oh, all right. Yeah, they've been doing a different emission systems on a lot of vehicles in California going way back into the 80s and 90s. Uh, they're way ahead of the game, of course. Uh, this is one of those things when I heard the story, I was thinking, well, the guy didn't really die for a catalytic converter. He probably died for methamphetamine or whatever his bad habit was that had him out stealing converters to get money for drugs. That's typically what they're doing. Yeah, it would have been uh, nice if he could have just gone to a drugstore and bought them at cost, but okay. I got you there, but, you know, it's also one of those that I wonder the way our world is. You suppose uh, his family can sue her and her car insurance for running over the guy? Probably. You, yeah, you know? in California, had, yeah, she'll probably have to yeah, pay we, a well, fortune. Yeah, we had that VD case, you know, so that goes, anything <laughs> goes, I guess. But, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a weird world, and I don't know about the prices sometimes that they quote these things. It's like when the cops tell you they you know, confiscated a million dollars worth of drugs and your local drug dealer goes, ah, it's only $100,000 worth, you know. So I, we may be rounding things off. But anyway, it's uh, it's a problem. I've known several people. A guy right here in town drives a bus. Got his bus one morning. That was like a race car. <laughs> that's, that's what we used to do. We used to uh, cut the exhaust short so it sounded better. But uh, I'm thinking we could make a living here. You know, well, yeah, but there's there's aftermarket converters, and there's OEM, and then like I said, there's California, and uh, none of them are really cheap. But that sounds kind of pricey to me. But it might be for you know late model this year's something. But any one of those anyway. Who <laughs> right. knows? All right, Chris. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Daphne, welcome. How are you? I well, I'm recovering from surgery, but doing well. So good. Um, I am a former parts lady from 30-plus years ago, and when the catalytic converters come out, there was a couple things that I remember. One, our farmers who would park their trucks in cornfields, uh, the heat from them sometimes would ignite start, our fire. corn, or start fires in hay fields or cornfields. Also, we sold the aftermarket uh, catalytic converters, and we, they were calling them test pipes. Test pipes, yeah. Yeah, so that they could get around the federal government. But I thought, and I could be very wrong about this, because, like I said, it's been a few years, um, <clears throat> they outlawed those that you couldn't yep. sell them anymore. Yep. So I'm not sure if how they're getting around it now, but it uh, very well could be. Yeah, they uh, they uh, test pipe is just a regular piece of pipe that sits where the converter you would have been if there was one in the car, and right. they are now and, illegal. But they they were they look more if I remember correctly they look more like a muffler. They had a large. Yeah, mine. The one I had on my car did not. I guess I broke federal law. Daphne, I got to run. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I uh, just got an update here. Ford F-150, the converter 1560 to 1585 shoots my business model down. This is the Gary Nolan Show.